There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports, whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's Caprice up with an open net. Or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendo. Edition number 121 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, if only in my own mind. Welcome in, those of you Listening in the Minnesota Sports Chat feed, available wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to those of you on the Score North Taxi Squad feed. Thank you so much for listening. A kind reminder, please make sure you rate and review on Apple. You can even now rate and review on Spotify, so please do so. That would be much appreciated by yours truly. Edition number 121 features one spectacular guest. It is none other. Then the man that I report to, next to, I guess, God, Phil Mackey. How are you, Phil? Have you ever th- considered calling your fans the the Minnesota Sports Chat universe? <laughs> Minnesota Sports Chat Nation? Nation. Nation would be a good one. Okay. You know, so I do news from the Krabby Coffee Shop with Kenny, Kenny Olson, and he calls them Krabbies. The Krabbies. Yeah, Krabbies. Yeah. You know, uh, what... Uh, chatters, that also, that chatters, also something else too. You know, well, it? yeah, that's probably why Kenny got medication for those for those things. Probably yeah. why Kenny goes with that. Phil Mackey from Purple Daily, Mackey and Judd, Score North Entities. You can find him on the Twitter machine. I don't even know what are are you at P Mackey still these days? What are you? No, I'm Phil uh, Mackey. What are you? No, Judd Judd has the dollar store version of his. He's the, he's Jay Zolgad. Sorry, are you, are you hearing all these email notifications popping up? I'm actually not. I think it's okay, you. Good. <laughs> All right, I'll deal with it in my headphones here. Um, uh, I have I have at Phil Mackey, and I had I had a year and a half tussle about seven years ago with the guy that previously had at Phil Mackey and hadn't tweeted for like five years, and I kept tweeting at him and DMing him, and he never got back to me. I don't. Finally, I don't know his his account just got thrown back out into the open at some point, so I snagged it. Is it bad for me to admit that I didn't even know your Twitter handle? Typically, I would put that stuff in the notes, but I thought to myself, it's Phil. I know Phil. I followed him for years. What, am I not delivering <laughs> enough hot takes on Twitter for you to notice No, me? actually, they come up all the time. Anytime you battle with Nick Nelson, they're right on top. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's always... Twins, Twins Daily versus Phil Mackey, a, a, a 12-year battle dating back to the Ron Gardenhire era. Now, it, let's say you did like a, a Summer Slam or some type of event where it was all of Twins Daily versus you. This would be like Survivor Series. Survivor yeah, Series, yep. Yeah. So you have to go around Minnesota sports media and get tag team partners. Do you feel confident <laughs> enough that you could have three or four people in your corner? Uh, wow. So so it would be the four main owners of Twins Daily and then probably like Gleeman oh, is kind of a... Just so any- I'd have to find four other people to battle... <laughs> 
It's Twins Daily plus Gleeman. I don't of, know if I have four other friends in sports media. I feel like they all hate Think me, of the people sure. that despise you. That's who you're battling at, at Survivor <laughs> Series. Now think, do you have enough people that would join you in the ring to fight them off? Well, I would uh, I would just go with like all my old football friends, like like superstar Mike Morris. I think still has some muscles. Like Alex Boone would come in and and throw some muscle around. So I would I would probably just tap into the guys who are six foot four and two hundred sixty pounds of pure muscle. Can you and imagine? I would, just, I would just stand in the back and you know throw tomatoes or something. Can you imagine Boone stepping in the ring and just looking at any one of them, just going, "Dude, <laughs> dude, dude, bro, <laughs> bro, <laughs> dude," would be awesome. <laughs> Phil, um, I got to be honest with you. I I knew the Twins would do some stuff at the MLB trade deadline. I actually thought it would be fairly significant, okay? But I thought it would maybe be one, one significant move and then maybe a couple other meh moves, which I would have been fine with. I would say at the MLB trade deadline, the Twins made two pretty significant moves in getting a starting pitcher and... Phil, you're going to have to help me on this one because I've literally heard reputable people go both ways on Male's last name. Are we going with Malay, Malay, Molly? Malley, Tyler Malley. See, that okay, that's the one I hear the most, so I'm going to go with that. I would say Malley and Jorge Lopez are going for it moves. Michael Fulmer is a nice addition. Kind of ironic that you trade for him the day after you beat him around the ballpark a little bit. I always find that funny. And then, you know what, Sandy Leone, whatever, you know, nice little, nice little, I guess, depth catcher to go out and get. Yeah, a depth catcher who basically won the game for the Twins yes. today. Yes, exactly. I know he had a, a RBI double, right? Two RBI double? Yeah, put some respect on Sandy Leone's name. He had two hits, two RBIs in the game. His on-base percentage for the season, he has one of the weirdest stat lines. So he's hitting 222. He's only slugging 278. But his on-base percentage is 417. <laughs> He might, it's got it. Well, so what is everything basically doubles home runs and walks? Uh, he might only have like five at bats for all I know. Well, I, know. I it was his first double of the season and his first two RBIs. So I think when I looked up his, cause I obviously knew the name when I looked up his stats, I think he only had like four at bats coming into today. So he must've been spending a lot of time in triple a for the, size. for the Cleveland guardians. Uh, but Phil, whether it works out or not, you know, what I love about this for the Minnesota Twins is they decided, okay, we have Carlos Correa maybe only for this year. We are in first place, even though it's a bad division, in first place by the slimmest of margins. They're going for it in an attempt to win the division. Then when they get there, actually be competitive and, I don't know, win a playoff game or maybe a series. They went and did all of that earlier this week in the MLB trade deadline or at the trade deadline with no guarantees of even making the playoffs this season. I applaud that because as a Twins mm-hmm. fan, I have always said go for it. There has been multiple times they haven't went for it, and it's cost them in the end. I just think you have to be, whether it works out or not, you have to be ecstatic about how the trade deadline went down for the Twins, and I think you have to applaud the front office for at least doing what we've always wanted them to do. Go out and get yourself some help for a potential playoff run, and they did that. Well, how many times over the course of 20 years, and I, I say 20, 21 years because that's kind of 2001 is when the Twins became relevant again after almost a decade of dormancy, right? How many times can you continue to tell your clubhouses and your fans 
eh, pretty good team. We like the team, but we don't like the team enough to to throw some future assets at it and 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 trade away part of the future to get some win now pieces. Like even in the target field era, look at some of the teams that these front offices and I get it, di- you know, different iterations of different front offices, same family owning the team. How many times have they said, to, you know, 2010? Boy, this is a this is a team that's been winning the division almost every year since 2002. They're on pace for 90 plus wins. Joe Maurer coming off an MVP season. Justin Morneau playing at a ridiculous level in the first half of the season before the concussion, and you know Liriano's kind of back. And at the deadline, they had a chance to trade for Cliff Lee. They decide, yeah, we don't want to give up Aaron Hicks. It's Cliff Lee's too much. But you know, we'll add Matt Caps. We'll kind of split the difference, and we'll we'll add Matt Caps to the mix and see what happens. And you know, he didn't even really factor into winning. He was a good pitcher for them for one year, but. It wasn't like a meaningful trade that moved the needle in a playoff game against the Yankees. Well, you're starting Brian Dunsing at Yankee Stadium in Game 3 because you didn't make a move for a starter at the deadline for a 95-win team. 2019, they had the greatest home run hitting team in the history of Major League Baseball. And at the trade deadline, with a a 100-win pace team, and at the trade deadline, a chance to add to this juggernaut. Let's make a push. Let's do this, finally. Let's let's stop with the mediocrity. And they said, eh. Let's let's uh, let's dip our toes in the trade waters. Let's go get you know ancient aging Sergio Romo, who actually wound up being a really good acquisition for them. But and then uh, Sam Dyson, and uh, you don't have to fax over the medical information. We trust you on Sam Dyson, and that was it. And they wind up getting smoked in the playoffs again. This is a much worse team on paper and record wise. This team is playing at like an eighty four win pace right now, and uh, I think it's eighty five win pace. But finally. It doesn't make up for 2019, doesn't make up for 2010, doesn't make up for 2006 and all these other great teams they've had, but they didn't do anything. But finally, they drew a line and said, no more will we avoid making a splash at the trade deadline. I don't know how you could continue for a 21st or 22nd year telling your fans in your clubhouses, nah, maybe maybe next time. Sorry, we're, uh, we, yeah, the 18th ranked prospect in our system is so valuable that we uh, we couldn't possibly think of trading him. Well, and to me, Phil, in a weird way in these trades, you also kind of hedged your bet when you think of Mali, probably butchered that again, and Lopez, who are under team control. So you didn't give up a bevy of prospects for two guys you're going to lose at the end of the year. No. The, the only one you might lose at the end of the year would be Fulmer, and you could probably just re-sign him if you wanted to. So, again, on that on that aspect... This is a win for the Twins, even if they miss the playoffs this year. The two guys who are going to be the most impactful, you're going to have next season. And by the way, you need them. I mean, you are going to have to go out and sign guys anyways in the offseason. At least here, you identified guys you know you can physically get if you trade the pieces. You will get them. It's not like free agency where you can make an offer and they can still choose to go somewhere else. And you factor in the Carlos Correa factor that he may or may not be here next year. Most people believe that he won't. Phil, I know I'm in the minority here. I'm probably wrong. I'm wrong a heck of a lot more than I'm right. You know that based off of my work history. Um, I think Correa will be back next year. I honest, I honestly do. Hmm. Look, look at the numbers this year. First off, he doesn't really get many big clutch hits either. Is there anybody that's going to a year older... I've said this numerous times. I think I said this to Judd. Why would he believe after not getting what he wanted last year 
a year later, he is magically going to get that $300 million offer that he didn't get coming off of a season where all of his numbers are going to be down to what they were last year. And he's also a year older. I don't see it. Now, I'm not saying the Twins won't work out a different deal with him. Like, that could happen. But I'm fairly positive one way, Carlos Correa will probably be back next year. Because, again, if he's not on this roster, Phil, the Twins still don't have a lot of people making a ton of money. They have money to spend. Yeah, I I hope you're right on Cray. I think if I think if I had to bet right now, is he here or is he opting out? I would I would choose opting out. But yeah, like he's not. This isn't the best offensive season of his career. He did make an amazing diving stop in last night's game, and he's a, he's a, a very wizard good. defensively. Yep. So I I hope he comes back today. You know, we're and we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon after they beat the Tigers four to one. The formula was kind of on display today. So Joe Ryan goes five innings, strikes out nine. Of course, they pull him after 78 pitches because, God forbid, he goes a third time through that Tigers order, right? That vaunted Tigers order. Biblically bad offense. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, they have two guys in their lineup with a slugging percentage over 400. That, that's atrocious, by the way. Uh, but they pull him after five innings, and then they bring in Fulmer for one. Thielbar to get a couple lefties out. Duran pitches the eighth. And Lopez locks down the ninth. That's the formula. You're starting. You're going to have three good starting pitchers in your playoff rotation that you can trust for five or six innings, maybe longer, but not the Twins generally don't. And the longer you can build that bullpen bridge reliably, you know, using an average of I believe four innings a night out of your bullpen, it's a pretty good formula. Now that Lopez and Fulmer are joining Duran in here, so and those guys and Duran and Lopez are both in their twenties. They're both going to be around next year under contract, like you said. So it does help you next year, but I think the most important thing is because there's no guarantees that Correa is going to be around next year. There's no guarantees Buxton's knee doesn't get a lot worse next year. While you have this chance in a weak division, add pieces to this team while you have this thing going right now. Well, and and, uh, and they did, and I love it. Teams with win totals in the mid '80s have won World Series before. Uh, not so many as recently, but the Minnesota Twins did do it back in '87. St. Louis Cardinals did it in the mid-2000s. Jeff Supon kicked everybody's butt for a month. So it can happen. Spezio if, and Supon, I think. I forgot about Scott Spezio. What Dude, a gr- Scott Spezio, one of the most clutch postseason hitters of all time, statistically. Was he Crazy. Was he also clutch for those Angels? Was he? Yes. A, yeah, okay. Wow, what a blast from the past. Highlight of my there, day right actually, there. There's a book. I can't remember. I think it, I think it might be uh, the book of, of baseball analytics. And they reference Scott Spezio as a small sample size postseason wonder that in the regular season he's just kind of a he's kind of a bench bat most of the time. And that I can't believe we're on this tangent right now. But <laughs> if you look at Scott Spezio in the playoffs between nineteen ninety-six and two thousand seven, and uh the guy has a nine ten OPS, if you just take the Angels portion of his career in the postseason, so before he, he had some clutch moments with St. Louis. But uh, with the Angels in 16 postseason games, he had a 1,024 OPS with 19 RBIs in 16 Jeez. games. <laughs> Scott Spezio. That's, that's a Hall of Fame clip right there. That should put him in the Hall of Fame. Yes, it's amazing. Are the Twins, is the Twins brass, and I, I, this is, I mean this with all due respect, is the Twins brass cocky, overconfident, 
or are they truly that much smarter than everybody else? And, and here's why. Well, they're, here, they're definitely not that much smarter than everybody else. <laughs> here's why I throw it out, and, and I throw it out like that. You mentioned the third time through the order thing. Okay, maybe that's a bit more plausible now because you've, in theory, built your bullpen up a bit with the additions of Fulmer and Lopez, and you have Duran. And occasionally when he decides he wants to throw the ball over the plate, Pagan can be pretty good. Pagan's problem is not the stuff. It's that he refuses to throw the ball over the plate. That's the main problem. But they would go all year long, and the starters would go four to five innings, and, oh, can't let him go through the rotation the third time, so let's just go to insert crappy reliever here. I would rather have Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, who's meh, except for, you know, maybe at one point a Cy Young contender. I would rather go through the rotate or the lineup with them a third time than what the Twins were doing all year long. Phil, the Twins sit today when we record this in first place by just a game. It's it's easy to say would have, could have, should have, but Phil, this team should easily have a seven, eight, nine game lead in the division if they were just competent in their in game approach of how to handle things. And I don't know why they don't allow for in game situations to dictate how they treat the game. It's so, predetermined. Uh, it drives yeah. me crazy. I will I'll answer your question this way. They're not stupid. They're not incompetent like some people paint them. I think we were probably sold a little bit of a bill of goods on Derek Falvey as a pitching development savant. And this is what happened. Genius. Just, pitching genius. Yeah, not it this doesn't just happen in baseball, but like like my wife has worked in talent acquisition for eight or ten years and, and so she's looked at fifteen million resumes in her life just throughout her career. And it's always impressive when someone puts down, they worked at this company, right? They worked at Facebook or they worked at, you know, whatever the big company is, they worked at Amazon or Google. All right. Did they, did they work there or did, were they a driving force for the success of the company or the evolution of the company? And maybe what we found out about Falvey is not that he's unqualified to be a president of baseball operations because the twins have put together some playoff seasons and they've done some good things. But maybe he wasn't the driving force for pitching development that it was painted that he was coming from Cleveland. Because guess what? They haven't skipped a beat developing pitchers since he left. <laughs> you know, No, not one bit. They're trying to tank this season with one of the lowest payrolls, and they still can't tank because their pitching is still They, they might good. win the division. <laughs> they might so, win the division trying not to win games. So it was probably overstated, you know, his ability to, to find hidden gems and whatnot. There's been some successes. But my biggest gripe is what you sort of alluded to, which is this complete lack of human element and human touch to their decision-making in certain spots. And this is coming from me. I have essentially built my media career off the back of being an analytics writer for football and baseball early in my career. Like I'm obsessed with sports analytics and baseball analytics. And so I have have a healthy appreciation for fan graphs and some of the, the, the football statistical analysis sites and whatnot football outsiders, right? But there comes a point where you're in the fifth inning of a playoff game against Houston, for instance, a couple years back. Jose Barrios has completed five innings against that lineup, 75 pitches. He's given up one run, four strikeouts, three base runners. He's cruising in this game. But, oh, the third time through the order looms. And they are correct. The third time through the order, most pitchers, and and some like Smeltzer are worse than others, 
it's not out. It's not always a pretty sight the third time through the order when you add up all the stats. But in a playoff game with your season on the line, and Jose Barrios is a veteran pitcher cruising against that lineup, seventy-five pitches, and you decide, ooh. By the way, you probably decide six hours ago. Yes. Ooh, can't have him facing that lineup a third time. Let's bring in Cody Stashak, who's pitched in like one other playoff game against the Yankees, and it went horribly in in the like two seasons before. Cody Stashak comes in, and I'm I'm sort of you know this is probably an educated uh, piece of speculation, but. Probably a hard time for Cody Stashak to stop his pulse from beating through his yes, neck on the mound yes. of a playoff game against the Astros. He's a human. He's young. He's it's it's not a July game against the Royals here. This is an October game against the Astros, and you're asking him to come into this super close game with the season on the line. And guess what happens? Boom, he gives up a home run. Maybe even to Carlos Correa. Didn't Correa hit that home run? Correa did hit a home run in one of those playoff he games. He did. It was Carlos Correa off Cody Stashak. And so, uh, how about and by that the way, for full uh, circle? In fairness, Stashak did pitch a clean sixth and then gave up the home run in the seventh. But my point stands: like, you're if if you've got a veteran pitcher track record and he's rolling, I don't think it should just be automatic. We never let him face this lineup a third time through. I think there has to be some room for a manager to manage and have a feel for what's happening. I was hoping that, and I'm not sure that this has been the case, but I was hoping that Jace Tingler might provide that for Rocco Baldelli. I think in today's sports, across all of them, especially the four major ones, I think the best, we'll we'll use baseball for the example, the best manager is going to be able to look at the analytics and look at the human component and combine them and basically be able to tell on which day which one matters more. And it just doesn't seem like that's how the Twins operate. And I try and tell myself that maybe each game it'll be different, and it's not. So it's probably just on me as a fan just to get used to this is the way it's going to be, and they're going to sink or swim with it. And I I hope there's a lot more swimming than there is sinking because I would love to see the Twins and that 18-game playoff drought. I have one quick uh, Twins talker for you, one more. A quick Vikings talker, then we'll do five filler questions because you did inspire the game. You are Phil Mackey. I don't know if it's a game, it's a bit. So I looked this up. This could be slightly wrong, but I just did a quick going through the schedule looking at the Twins' wins and losses. 47 times this season, granted a lot were in April, I think 11 of them actually, 16 were in May. 47 times they've scored three runs or less this year. It's mm, not very good. It, everybody loves to fawn over how great this offense is. I would submit it's a it's it's not false, but it's all in how you view it. If you just look at the numbers, you go, yeah, this is a great offense. But if you watch them day in and day out like I do, there are so many wasted days of just unproductive at-bats, guys going through the motions not being able to consistently score runs. And I think a lot of that, even though it's not really his fault, is the Byron Buxton factor. He he is he he literally is the spark plug. He doesn't play all the time. The lineup is different almost every day. Nobody bats in a consistent spot. And that that bugs me. I, I know the twins were sniffing around some some bats. I thought maybe they would bring one in just because it's kind of a war of attrition right now. But also maybe just a new bat to spark things a little bit. I I don't know. Am I reading 
too much into that that they don't score enough runs because that, to me, mm-hmm. against really good pitching is also going to be a problem in the playoffs. I think part of what you're seeing is just league-wide offense has been way down this season. Even the best offense is like the Yankees. The Yankees have the best OPS in baseball, and they're only hitting 246 as a team with a 332 on base percentage, and they're slugging 449 in part because one of their guys is about to break the Yankees' home run record this season. And so, but maybe to your point, are they kind of a feast or famine offense where they're going to give you eleven runs here, nine runs there? Yeah, it's and maybe the in- waste some of the runs. It's the inconsistency that bugs me, and I'll tell you what, not to not to divert too much. What's driving me crazy, and it's really bugged me the last month or so. This is an awful base running team. It it they it's baffling. A couple nights ago, was it last night? Two nights ago, you have bases loaded, and Nick Gordon gets gunned down, straying too far off of third base. Guys are constantly out trying to take the extra base. I'll steal this from Judd. Wave him home. Watkins loses a runner at home base every three or four days. Uh, th- this is stuff. These are the reasons how you lose 18 playoff games in a row. I'm trying to fix this stuff before it costs you in the playoffs. Yeah. How do you think if they get to the playoffs, let's say, so they're going to be the four seed. Or no, they're going to be the... They would be three, the, the right? Three seed against probably a six seed. Right? They'll be... Yeah. The honestly... And the and the Astros are going to be the two division winners, and the Twins will be the... the th- Even if the Twins have a worse record than the wild card yeah. teams, they'll be the three seed because... If the twins if the twins make the playoffs, they're probably going to be three or six. They'll either be the third division winner or they'll be the last wild card. Yep. So right now they would see Toronto. Who are the wild card teams right now? Toronto, Seattle, and Tampa. So right now, if if the season ended today, the twins would play Tampa in a three game series at Target Field, right? Exclusively at Target Field. Correct. I think that's the way it works. How would that series play out? Well, they, do, you they, think, they, do you think they'd snap the 0 and 18? They win streak? a they win a game. They win a game. <laughs> However, the, I've said this, and this is not just me trying to be funny. This is how sick and sadistic I am. If they lose game one to fall to would that be 19 in a row? Yeah. Then you almost kind of want to see it get to 20 in a row. So when this streak ends, it better be. I'm, I'm, at, I'm good with it just ending. Actually, <laughs> it better be at it's the just, beginning of a series because for me, once you keep adding on to the record, it's kind of fun at that point. Well, you know, if well, you're, but like how many times? <laughs> but it was we were making fun of it ten it's years like the ago. Undertaker streak, right? Oh, he's seven and zero at WrestleMania. Then you'll know, fast forward fifteen years later, he's twenty and zero. This is crazy. Uh, I don't know. How, how much? How many times can we have the same exact gripe session after they get beat in a three or a five game series? The Twins. What, will, what is left to say? You know, the Twins will win a playoff game this year, and I would tell you if if they did get Tampa Bay, I think they would maybe. Well, I shouldn't say maybe. I think they would win the series. <laughs> I do. I look. They should actually consider themselves lucky that the formats changed because it actually gives them a better chance to end the drought. It does because you only. Because you're going to play the worst team. Correct. You're going to play a team yeah. that ordinarily would not be in the playoffs. And if you and if you are the wild card team, you're not going to get the Yankees or the Astros right away. You're going to get a team that might be more winnable for a game or two. And then, okay, so when they beat the Rays, I'm trying to see what their clash, what their crash course looks like with the Yankees. Because I, I want the Yankees again. I, I say bring on the Yankees every single year. Yeah, until, until they you can beat finally them. Beat the Yankees. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you so on that. 
would they then are the Yankees going to play the four five winner or would they reseed if the Yankees finish with the best record? Is it bad that I don't actually know how Major League Baseball is doing that? I I I would assume they just play the winner of the four five, so they would play either Toronto or Seattle. So then you wouldn't get the Yankees. I don't think you can get the Yankees until the ALCS. You'd have to go through Houston, Tampa, and Houston. To your point, too, not only do I want the Yankees every every playoffs, I want to see the Yankees. I actually want the Yankees to be the home team. If you're going to slay the Dragon, let's let okay. them have yeah, let's let them have the extra home game. Let's do it in New York. Even if you had the better record, I would say, you know what? Why don't you guys take the you home why field? You, why don't you? We're going to come to your place. You know, in the American Association, Phil, uh, they they this is what the the league, the Saints, were in until they became affiliated with the Minnesota Twins. In the American Association, the higher seed, if it was a five game series, you didn't travel back and forth. The higher seed basically got to pick: do we play? Do we want the first two or the last three? What if you could do that in Major League Baseball? You could just pick. Do we want do we want the middle three or do we want the first two and the last two? So the higher seed in the American Association might say, we'll take the first two at home and try and get up to nothing, knowing we just need to win one of three on the road. I, I think I would take the home games on the back end just as cushion. You know, just, yeah. just have that little safety blanket. We'll beat we'll beat you in your house, and then I'll we'll and come back to our house. Then we'll come home. I'm actually gonna scrap the Vikings, Phil, because if we talk about that, I might actually get too depressed because it sounds like ev- everybody's getting injured, everybody's hands are falling off. I don't really yeah, we're feel. using the we're, we're using this this helmet <laughs> poking device now where in the individual drills yes. there's a there's a coach <laughs> with like a helmet on a broomstick trying to Use the helmet to knock the ball away, and it sounds like he might have broken a hand or something. What, what Cook's hand. is this? I saw. So I saw uh, on on the internet, the internet, as if it's something that people don't have access to. I, I saw this on the internet. I saw this thing for the first time. Where else would you see something today? I guess I, on TV you could see. I still get the newspaper. Oh did, wow! Did okay. you see my cat was pet of the week? I did. Yes, yes. Sunday Star Tribune. She's famous. I don't, I saw the thing and thought it was a joke. I'm like, what is that? I didn't even know what that was. Who, what, what, what? What they're trying to get? Did, you, what they're trying to get the ball? You didn't at? submit it. Oh, I thought you were talking no. about your cat in the paper. No, no, <laughs> so no, like who no. submitted her? This pod's <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> some she random herself. She's so smart. <laughs> some random creeper just got into my place and took a picture of my cat sleeping. <laughs> okay, we're gonna do five filler questions, but first I'll, I'll tell everybody about Beads Coffee Company. We are all busy and busy people. You occasionally forget things. I know I do. I forgot a few things today. I just won't tell Phil which ones they were. Beans Coffee Company, they are about more than just providing fresh, great-tasting coffee. They're also about simplicity. That's right. Love that simplicity. What could be easier than fresh roasted coffee showing up on your doorstep without having to remember to place an order, or even having to go pick some up. That dreaded last-minute coffee run when you're out stinks. Can't stand it. Coffeebybeans.com and sign up for one of their subscriptions. Super easy. You can set it up in one to eight-week intervals, and they can be customized by your favorite blend subscribers. You also have the option of 12-ounce or, get this, a five-pound bulk bag. That's a lot of delicious coffee. Don't forget to use the promo code SPORTSCHAT when you sign up at checkout. You'll save 10%. Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the U.S. with free shipping on all orders of three bags or more. That's coffeebybeans.com. 
coffeebybeans.com, promo code SPORTSCHAT. I got some doozies for you for five filler questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. We're still doing the cheap podcast open, even though I'm in the Taj Mahal of podcast studios. Five filler, filler, filler questions with Phil Mackey. How do you feel about inspiring this great bit, by the way? Are they, is it P-H-I-L-L-E-R questions? I do Phil apostrophe E-R. There you go. Five okay. filler questions. Am I, am I still collecting royalties on Not the at success all. of this segment? No. Not, okay. You get ten percent of the ten. Contract. Per, you get ten percent <laughs> of the ten percent I get off of the coffee. Okay. <laughs> Little insider Perfect. talk right there for everybody. Okay. As we record this podcast in the afternoon, now evening of August third, country musician Cole Swindell prepares to play Target Field on Thursday evening. He's going to play after the Twins game. Did you know this? It's going to go 17 innings. <laughs> and they'll have to cancel the concert because of the noise ordinance. How no, great. They're, going to cancel, they're going to cancel the game, I think, <laughs> is what's going to happen. Would you rather, Phil, go see country musician Cole Swindell at Target Field? Or would you rather watch former Minnesota Twins pitcher Greg Swindell at Target Field? Oh, uh I can definitely remember a couple games as a kid watching Greg Swindell in like 1999 or 2000 at uh, at the Metrodome. So, you know, listen, I uh, I am a sucker for some corny country pop with a red solo cup here, and so I have been known once in a while to dabble in some Greg or Cole Swindell. <laughs> I'm sure, Greg Swindell can also carry a tune. I will be at the Twins game. Give me the till- late 90s reliever, though. The, I will be at the Twins game tomorrow night, Phil. I would tell you percent chance. I stay for the, uh, as I call it, Greg Swindell concert, probably less than 3%. I would never say never. That's a late night, Phil. I'm old. What if it was Luke Bryan? Uh, No. If it was Eric. Jason Aldean. I'm trying to think of other Oh, Yeah, I I would stay for Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean, guilty pleasure for sure. Jason Aldean's fine. I tried going to Eric Church a few weeks ago or a few months ago whenever he was in town. I would have had to have sold my place to be able to afford the the last minute ticket. So that <laughs> that didn't happen. You didn't miss a whole lot. He just has his cap pulled down to the bridge of his nose, and he stands and it, on stage for two and a half hours. And his so. sunglasses. Yeah. Okay. So you like many, Phil. This is question number two. You've owned both. Better pet dogs or cats? Wow. Well, I think because she's sitting outside the door waiting for me to take her for her afternoon potty walk, I have to say dogs because I don't want Maya Mackey to bite my jugular tonight. <laughs> and she can she can clearly hear and she speaks English. She does, yes. <laughs> she understands very long, sophisticated words like sit and no. She's very good at those two things, <laughs> and especially I, the latter. <laughs> I still wonder to this day, too, is that even the word or is it the tone? So I think it's probably a bit of both. Probably a bit of both. Yeah, there's there's about 16 different ways you say her name, right? There's Maya, and then there's Maya, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, we've all been there as pet owners. <laughs> Ross. <laughs> That's I get that from you every day. <laughs> Question number three. Former Golden Gopher Drew Wolitarski and my Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they take on the Montreal Alouettes this weekend. Who you got? I didn't know Wolitarski was, was dominating the Canadian Football League. He's he's a starting receiver, but he's probably I think if I if I went and looked right now, he's probably third in receptions. 
on the team or in the league? On the team. He gets a few oh. a game on the team. He's, he's, <laughs> okay. he's, he's Mr. Reliable. They have other options that they go to deep downfield, but when they, when they need a big catch on second and long, they go to the other guy. But, but, like, if they, but he, if he's hurt, then it's Drew. Then it's Drew Wolitarski. <laughs> uh, then they go to their backup tight end. But if that guy is, you know, getting a drink of Gatorade, then Drew Wolitarski will come in. Good for Drew. Yeah. At may- what point, if you're just kind of a third receiver on a Canadian football league team, do you keep milking that dream until you can't play anymore? Or at what point do you just uh, call you know, it a career? I would say this. You should look it up. Most of these guys in the CFL, it's a decent chunk of change. Okay. He's, he's let's, make, let's he's, Google real quick. Highest paid Canadian foot. What do you think the highest paid? I think it's like a million bucks. Maybe maybe it's a couple million. I think uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback Nick Caleros, I believe, is making about a million bucks this year. When CFL I look, quarterback salaries. Here we go. Okay. Okay. By the way, uh, this is my this is my tangent. Very quickly, why is the CFL lasted forever? Because they do one thing none of these other leagues can ever figure out. Their quarterbacks are actually decent. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't have a football league if your quarterbacks are terrible. So Zach Kalaros of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I always call him Nick. That's such a I'm a bad fan. Zach Kalaros. He's 33 years old. He's become the highest paid player in the league after leading the Blue Bombers to back-to-back Grey Cup wins. He has a $300,000 base salary, but then with the bonuses and awards and things, he's going to make $550,000. Good for him. Not bad. Yeah, Wooly's making some pretty good money, too, when I looked it up. It's a couple hundred, couple hundred grand over a couple years. Good for him. Good for him. You got to pick a team. Who you got? The Bombers or the Alouettes? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll, take the, I'll take the Alouettes in an upset. Oh, of course. Better rom-com, <laughs> Clueless with Alicia Silverstone or 10 Things I Hate About You with Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles? 10 Things I Hate About You, one of my all-time favorite rom-coms, and uh, something I didn't realize until, so I live out in Seattle, Washington, in a neighborhood called Queen Anne, and I've seen that movie a hundred times, and we watched that movie for Mackie and Judd Rom-Com Rewind, I think like last summer, and the opening scene comes up, and you see a car pulling up, background, you know, like the the waterfront background yep. and the species. And I was like, wait a second. That's our neighborhood. So the opening scene of that movie was filmed literally blocks from our house. I thought you were. 10 Things I Hate About You. I thought you were going to say, we live there. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, good Well, for- the houses on that street are pretty absurd. <laughs> That's. Yeah. That's Drew Wolitarski, buddy. Shell out an extra comma or two for you, the price of your house from where we live. But that's, yeah. that's Zach Caleros money is what that is. Yep. Zach Caleros money. <laughs> uh, your final question of five filler questions, then we'll both get out of here and get on with our get on with our lives. You can go to the moon with one of these three. I almost put Nick Nelson in here, but I'm trying to play nice. You can go <laughs> to the moon. Guy. He's my guy. <laughs> you can go to the moon with one of these three. Who are you going to the moon with? Jerry Seinfeld, Michael Jordan, or Liam Neeson? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do something unprecedented here. I'm gonna go off the board, Ross. Okay. I'm gonna go off the board, and I'm gonna go uh, Aaron Rodgers and his girlfriend Blue. <laughs> this is a headline I just saw come across my Twitter feed from Outkick. Are they already married? Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend. Well. I feel like you'd want to be married before you partook in this, but oh no! Uh, Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, Blue of Earth, 
who had to address witch rumors <laughs> yes. earlier this summer, reacts to the Packers quarterback's self-love journey via a psychedelic brew used by Amazonian tribes that causes hallucinations. <laughs> that sounds like a fun trip right there. <laughs> you don't... In, in both senses of the word trip. <laughs> well, and here's the best part of that. If, you're, if you hate flying like me... You can just have that brew and go to the moon without ever leaving your living room. <laughs> so, so there you go. I'm, I, this is not, I'm not saying this to be mean. What, I could never remember her name. Blue of the Earth? Blue of Earth. Blue of Earth. Put some respect on Blue that. Blue of Earth. Good for her. The witchcraft stuff is about as good as it gets. We need, we need her dating a Viking to get rid of any bad mojo or karma. That's, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah, is Harrison Phillips single? Harrison Phillips. Oh boy. Patrick Peterson. Is he married? I have no idea. But That's right. I, I Pat P. We still have Pat P. Forgot yeah, about that already. I think the way that the way that Cam Dantzler and Andrew Booth Jr. are looking at training camp, old, old Pat P. might want to step his game up. Judd says um uh, says Booth Jr.'s feisty. I like that he's feisty. Yeah, he's like constantly bordering on picking fights with teammates and stuff, which I'm here for. He probably gets if there's odds on which Vikings player picks a fight with a 49ers player at joint practice in a couple weeks. I think Andrew Booth Jr. is in the top three for sure. Is is camp insanely long this year? They still don't play a preseason game for like another 10 days. Yeah, well, it's I mean, they got rid of a preseason game. so And I and they may have moved the season further into September because they're just trying to own the calendar. Right? Okay. Yeah, I feel like the season used to start immediately, maybe even late August or the first day in September or something. And well, now it's like m- almost middle of September. I think they're always, they're, they used to always be the Sunday. Oh, no, I think it's right, actually. I think it always is the Sunday after Labor Day. And this year, Labor Day's late. Okay. okay, whatever. That's for a different day. You have a dog to take out that hopefully hasn't peed all over the carpet. So I'm going to let you go. Uh, thank you for doing this podcast. I know Good you have. Stuff, I know you have yep. much better things to do. And thank you for the um, five hours of meetings I spent with you today. I hope they were as thrilling for you as they were for me. Yeah, if you could have those papers on my desk by the end of the week, that'd be great. Thank great. You. Well, my the end of my end of the week is Thursday, unbeknownst to you. <laughs> okay. See you, Phil. <laughs> that is Mr. Phil Mackey. Uh, he mentioned it, but I'll actually pull it up and get it right this time. You can find him on the Twitter machine. At Phil Mackey. And don't forget to use that promo code Sports Chat when you go and get yourself some wonderful, delicious beans coffee when you're at coffeebybeans.com. That will do it for edition number 121 of Minnesota Sports Chat. Pretty incredible. We've made it through 121 of these bad boys. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate and review kindly. We'll talk again next week.